Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Yeah. I'm actually having hot lemon water this morning. And I filled my mug a little over full. Splashing it on my hand. Today is Friday, June 12th. June's going fast, isn't it? I mean, seeing how, how May took forever, June is going fast. I don't think I told you guys, but a week from yesterday, my folks are going to arrive. Woohoo! Uh, they have a VRBO starting today here in town. Cute place. And getting out of the Tucson heat, and which is also so hot it's on fire. <laughs> and It'll be really lovely to, to have them here and get to hang out and do some things. Ah. You all know that I um, hadn't seen my mom since Christmas time. And that we felt like it had been a long time. That's right, because I talked about how long was it. If this was the longest we'd gone without seeing each other. So I am extremely grateful that... Santa Fe has their COVID act together, that we have such a great governor, and that some of our things are opening, and people can do stuff. They did a press conference yesterday, and I guess um, they're, she said that they're still not going to open the bars, and people were mad about that and said it wasn't fair, and she said, you're right. <laughs> Virus is not fair, but that's the way it is, and the get in the bars, and it's dangerous behavior, you know? And we all know that's true. You know, people start drinking and they forget about social distancing and they don't uh, worry about stuff as much and start spitting as they talk. We've all been there. I'm, I am not passing judgment because I have been that soldier. Uh, you know, it's just um, it's the, the, the way of things that... Just that's how that particular situation plays out. And so um, they are opening up more of the restaurants and so forth, but, you know, not bars where people can crowd in and would be there only to drink. So uh, lemon water tastes good. So let's see. Um, I'm almost done with The Lost Princess Returns. I am at, I'm actually not sure, shall we look? I know I've got, I've, I, I must be around 35K, because uh, I figure I've got about 2,000, oops, that's not the one I wanted, uh, 2,500 words to go, I think. Let's see, I have to let this load. So, <clears throat> have a couple scenes to finish off today. Made a few notes for stuff that I'm going to go back and... I have to turn off my wireless because it keeps trying to access my wireless. We do this all the time, right? Okay, let's try this again. Just download my file. Here we go. Yep, I am at 35,320. 
So I'd been figuring out beat-wise that I have was going to come out at like 37.6, so maybe 24.75 words to go, 22.88, depending on... I use a couple different metrics, kind of a chapter length thing and a um, <coughs> overall word, word count thing. We have a little bit of smoke in the air today. I wonder if that's from Tucson. Um, definitely have a pretty good haze, and I'm a little froggy. Little froggy. <coughs> so... Um, yeah, so I should finish this draft today, and then I'm going to take some time over the weekend. I might send it to Corrine to read. We'll see if she's willing. But I know I need to add in a few things. I need to flush out some stuff at the beginning, and I probably want to put a couple more at the end. So uh, one thing to think about, for me to think about when I'm revising, when I talk about the beats and I do the eight-act structure and uh, the or the eight scene structure in three acts, is I look at the balance of the overall arc. And so knowing that I want to add some chapters onto the end, I don't just add things onto the end. It means that I have to balance it out with other stuff at the beginning. But I thought of a couple of establishing establishing shots, <laughs> establishing scenes that I want to have at the beginning. So I'll add those in. I'm mostly waffling now on whether I should add them before I send a Korean or after. But it would be a good time for her to read over the weekend in case there's something I haven't thought of. And I got the new version of the cover this morning, and I really like it. It looks really cool. I think you guys are going to be excited to see it. So, yeah, I think, um, I suspect that the final version of the novella is probably going to come out around 45 or 50K. We'll see. Maybe 50, but I bet not quite that long. Which actually means that it'll tip over. For some reason, 40,000 words is the benchmark from novella to novel, which is bizarre to me. But because, you know, like a 42,000 word story is just not a novel. <laughs> but, at least not to my mind. You guys know I'm persnickety on these things. So it'll end up being a short novel, I guess. Compared to, you know, like, what did fate come out at at, like, 120? Um, it is, you know, much shorter, right? With a third of the length? Maybe it'll be a little bit more than a third. So, yeah. So, it's gone pretty well. I'm feeling very good about being back in my routine. I've been hitting 3,000 words every day. Going to have to talk to my mom about what kind of schedule we want to follow when they're here next couple weeks because I do want to spend some good time with her. So we'll, we'll talk about what will work out well. Last night I did the event at Mysterious Galaxy. Thanks to all of you who came out. It was lovely to, um, to do that. I don't know how many people came out. 
um, it was one of those Zoom interview things where the events gal at Mysterious Galaxy introduced me, and I could see her face on the Zoom, and then, and I and mine, but I guess then it, they just streamed it to Facebook Live. I thought it was. Um, I thought the whole thing was Zoom, but I guess it went to Facebook Live, so I couldn't see who was there. Um, and so it was kind of weird because you end up like talking to your own face on the screen. It's not my ideal thing. If we had to keep doing this, um, <laughs> that was a, a disgruntled sound in my voice, wasn't it? Um, you know, it's, events aren't as fun when they are <laughs> virtual. Um, why did it feel better at the library? I think because she, the, she sat there and she talked to me and she asked me questions and she relayed the questions. So that was better. Um, I didn't like that, um, and there's certainly nothing against Constance or Mysterious Galaxy. I'm just sort of going through the different ways of doing these things. Um, you know, because she turned off her video, I think so as not to be distracting, and probably because she had things to do, and she just went to the still screen. So, yeah, it felt very weird just sort of talking to myself. It's just much better talking to someone else. And I guess I feel that way about, you know, like written interviews too, because I don't like doing the, the canned questions. I much prefer to have an interview that's a conversation. So there. But it was lovely to get the questions from people who showed up. And someday we will do the real-life event in San Diego, right? <coughs> and we've been talking a lot about the police stuff. The police brutality. They um, shut down the one precinct in Seattle. And, you know, people were predicting that it w terrible things would happen. And it's been fine. Uh, it's such a funny thing. Uh, you know, the first time, and, and I mean, this is, t maybe this is why it feels like time is moving fast. Because it was, what, a couple of weeks ago that I saw somebody say, you know, we should defund the police. We should just get rid of the police, that we don't need the police. And and I was shocked. You know, I had that knee-jerk, shocked reaction and thought, what? We can't do without the police. And then I started thinking about it and thinking about my own interactions with the police throughout the years and the ways that they have been helpful to me and not. And one person had uh, said... Uh, you know, well, you'll be sorry if you don't, you'll be sorry that there's no police when there's an axe murderer trying to break into your house. And I, and, and it made, almost made me laugh. This was on social media, but it was like, well, how often are there really axe murderers breaking into our homes? And, you know, it's like, do, do you know anybody who has ever been killed by an axe murderer? Do you, you know, have, have you ever been imperiled by an axe murderer? You know, there's, 
I think it's a very interesting idea that we would take money from the police and put it into the social programs that keep people from being so desperate that they would do something like a home invasion. Uh, nobody really, you know, it's dangerous to go break into somebody else's home, right? You know, people do it out of desperation and out of drug addiction. It's, um, you know, not, not a recreation. And, and, and our consumption of media has distorted this, of course, because, and I know I talked about this a little bit already, but, you know, we find serial killers fascinating, but how many of them are there really? And one of the things about serial killers is, you know, when they're at the serial killer stage, the police aren't stopping them, right? Early on, the police are not stopping them. You know, it's like if you did have an ex-murderer break into your house, would the police get there in time to stop them? Which I know is not a reassuring thing to say, but it's like that's not what's keeping us from being ex-murdered in our beds. It's not the uh, hovering of the police, right? It's other things. And so I was thinking about that because David was talking about the on our walk this morning about them shutting down the precinct in Seattle and it, they're not being lawlessness. And it's, it's an interesting thing because we think, oh, it's the presence of the police that are keeping things peaceful. But is it? You know, really, it's, there are a lot of factors that go into why we don't typically kill each other in the streets, Right. And it makes me think about my stepdad, Leo, who was a former Catholic priest. And him saying to me when I was, I don't know, like 12, 13, something like that. I kind of remember it being that age, but I could be totally wrong. But he had said that he had always believed that people needed religion in order to behave ethically and morally. Until he had met me, and he became my stepdad right before my seventh birthday. And he said that um, <clears throat> until he met me, and that I was not religious. Uh, my mom was, you know, a lapsed Catholic, which sounds like she'd ever been terrifically Catholic, and she really wasn't, although she'd gone to Catholic schools. And we did not go to church, and I was not raised in the church. But I've always had a very strong set of ethics, in some ways stronger than Leo had. And it, I don't remember if it was connected to this conversation or not, but we were talking about the, you know, the molestation of kids by the Catholic priests, which was discussed even back then. You know, this would have been the you know, early 80s, probably, maybe late 70s. But Leo's brother, Patrick, uh, Father Patrick Kennedy, was a priest, and their sister was a nun, Mary Jane. And they would, especially Leo and Patrick, would gossip about their fellow priests. And they knew all of these stories, you know, about, like, who drank the communion wine and, you know, like, who got in trouble for what thing. And, and this was like dinner gossip, right? And I remember being somewhat indignant about, you know, a priest did that? A, a priest did this? And 
Patrick may have been the one to say, well, do you think that priests should be held to a higher moral standard than people who are not priests? And I said, yes. And he said, why? You know, and this was the in, in, interesting thing about dinners with them because there were these very interesting debates. We, we could talk about these things. And, you know, he said, why? Why do you think a priest should be held to a higher moral standard? And I said, well, he's supposed to be an example. He's supposed to be a guide. And he said, well, no, that's not really the function. You know, a, a priest is supposed to be a bridge between uh, the people and God. You know, which is, of course, a very Catholic point of view. But it was funny because I had much higher moral standards in many ways than either of them did. And Leo thought it was very interesting that I had them because I hadn't been raised in a church that taught them to me. And he wondered where I got them from. And I was like, I, and he would ask me about it. And I'd be like, I just do. <laughs> I just have this very strong feeling inside of what's good and what's bad. You know, and I feel like, I feel like most of us have that. I feel like we know what is a positive thing to do for other people and what is not. There, you know, most of the gray areas come in from the people who are trying to get away with something. I'm, I'm just, the older I get, the older I get, um, the more I think that that's true. You know, like uh, with a lot of the Me Too stuff, you know, and all these guys saying, well, you know, I just don't even know what to say to a woman. It's like you just can't even say anything to her anymore and it's like you know it's not that freaking hard there's a big difference between sexually harassing and assaulting someone and an innocent remark and you know it's mostly that these guys want to pass off their obnoxiousness as innocent remarks and that's where the gray area comes in <coughs> Excuse me, choking on my lemon water. Now I got so I got so riled up. So anyway, uh, I don't know why I revert to my North Carolina relatives' accents <laughs> for some of this stuff. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna go finish my book, and I know you all will be happy. And I will. Um, I hope you all have a great weekend. I hope you get to go outside, maybe do some fun things. Hope if you go protesting that you are safe and that you um, are doing good works. We're we're cheering you on. <clears throat> and first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You will find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. On Monday, we'll have Bernard, <laughs> Bernard, Marcella Bernard interviewed. And a week from Monday will be the fantabulous Beverly Jenkins. Woo! That'll be exciting, won't it? So you all stay tuned, and I will talk to you on Monday. Take care. Bye-bye.